Welcome, everybody. Glad to have you at church. Who's excited to be at New Life today? Come on. Awesome. 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 Man, we're so glad to have you. I want to say a big hello to everybody worshiping with us online at all of our campuses. Thank you so much. My name's Jeff. I have the unique privilege of being one of the pastors on staff. I actually serve as the lead pastor, primary teaching pastor. Glad you guys came out. We are in the middle of a series called FAQ, Frequently Asked Questions, and I need your help, okay? I need your help because week four, I'm letting you decide what week four is. And the way I need your help is I need you to send in or text in a question that maybe you have about God, right, about the ways of God. And I want you to text that question to 308-303-3800, all right? So think about the question that you would like to have addressed. Now, would you help me with this, okay? Like, like don't go so obscure that you're the only one asking it because then I'm not going, we're not going to address it, right? So we're looking for the kind of questions that a lot of people are asking. I'm going through all the information that people have already sent in, and I'm looking for that moment where I'm finding a number of different people all highlighting the same thing, and then I'm going to bring it, okay? You might also want to think about how difficult your question is, because the more difficult the question is, the longer I have to preach. The simpler the question the shorter the sermon is. So not only do you get to pick the topic, you get to pick the length of how long you're going to be here on week four of this teaching series. All right, is that cool? All right, are we on? All right. So please text in your, uh, your question, um, and then we'll compile all that data, and then we're going to pick it, because I think, is it next week is week four? Oh, my word. So you need to do this immediately, okay? Because then I'm going to take that, and we're going to write that message this next week, Okay. Uh, so look, today I'm talking about a question that I get, I get a lot, all right? And the question is this, like, how do I really know that this is God's voice and not just my voice? I don't know if you've ever felt that way before, but you've been journeying in your spiritual walk, right? And you're like, is this God speaking this to me? Or is this just me speaking this to me? Kim and I have had multiple moments like this in our own journey, even as pastors. Back in like 2006 or 2007, when we, when we left New Life before we came back years later to be the lead pastor, I just remember praying one day and kind of sensing that transition was coming, right? And I'm like, God, is that really you? Like, why would that be you speaking to me <clears throat> about leaving my dream job, all right? I was missions and evangelism pastor, Right? That, that just means this. I don't have to have all of this responsibility. I just get to go do the thing I want to do. Right? You, you understand what I mean? Like I love having all this responsibility now, but back then, that's not what I was going after. I was like, travel the world. Let's plant churches from here. Let's go out and do school assemblies. Let's just do all kinds of stuff. It was a blast. I had a blast. So I had my dream job working at a great church under incredible leadership and getting paid well to do it. Why would I ever want to leave that? Right? So I'm wrestling with this. God, is that you or what is it? And so I just, I couldn't quite figure it out. So I went to the one person that I knew I could trust. And that was Pastor Bob Wine. I went into his office. I sat down with him. And I said, look, I'm going to be open. I'm going to be transparent with you. I'm going to tell you right now, I don't have the answer to the question I'm throwing out to you. But I just sensed that possibly God's stirring in my heart that maybe there's change coming for me. And I know that you don't want to hear that. I'm not really looking for it. But is this what God will be saying? And we processed that for a while until finally I got to a point where I just simply prayed this prayer to God. God, I will follow you anywhere. And the day I came to the conclusion of God, I will follow you anywhere, 
Over the next seven days, I got three opportunities to leave this place. Right? And that's when I thought to myself, okay, well, God, maybe you were the one stirring change inside of my heart in the first place. Right? And then I went to this. Like, I went, well, God, if you're going to call, you're going to call me to leave a place that I love with a great church, with great people, with great leadership, with great pay, with a, with the job that I love, you must be taking me to bigger and better things. Right? And two of those three opportunities were what I would have referred to as bigger, better, bigger, better, over more, more influence, the whole works. I go and interview each of those jobs. They offer me the job, right? But as I walk out, I just got this feeling on the inside, like it's just not right. So then I go to this third opportunity and I go and meet my buddy, right? Bart Wilkins, uh, his grandfather, by the way, was like the very first pastor of this church. And I go and I meet with him and he's planting this church in Omaha and he's looking for somebody to join him and just kind of help carry this vision and let's go someplace with this thing. And I walk out of that meeting and I'm torqued. And you've heard me say this before, but it's the truth. I did it. I almost broke my finger. I hit that steering wheel so hard. And I was like, God, that's what you want me to do? You want me to go to Omaha and go to a smaller church with less influence, less pay, the whole works? That's what you want me to do? Could that be you? And it was God. It was God, but he had to wrestle through all of that. He had to wrestle through the, God, would you even say something like that? Talking with somebody that can help you discern it. Start taking the steps, right? Start wading your way through the water to hear God's voice to end up where God wants you to be. And church, can I just tell you this? I'm confident, I'm 100% confident that if I would not have followed God to leave here and to go where I needed to go, that I would not have been the man prepared to come back here. That's how God works. God works in ways that you don't understand. He's doing things in the background that you just don't see happening. That's how God works. So how do you hear God's voice? And how can you discern God's voice from your voice? Some of this stuff's going to be more on the shallow end, the simple end. Some of it's going to be on the deeper end. But I'm going to tell you today, you're going to walk away with something that God's going to speak to you today. You're going to hear God's voice at one point or another in this service And you're going to walk away going, I didn't just hear Jeff's voice. I didn't just hear the worship team's voice. I heard God's voice. And can I tell you this? Every time you join us at New Life Church, that's my prayer. My prayer for you is that you would walk out knowing that you heard God's voice, not just my voice. How cool is that? So that's what I'm praying for for you today. How do you hear God's voice? How do you discern it between God's voice and your voice? The very first thing I want to talk to you about is this. Actively listen for God's voice. That's the first thing you got to do. It's actively listening. It's not just passively listening. It's you leaning in. And you don't have to be a pastor to hear God's voice. By the way, God speaks in crazy ways. Right? I know that atheists hear God's voice. How, how ironic is that? Right? They don't even believe in God, but they're having to wrestle with this, like, what in the world's going on inside of me? I just think that that's cool the way God does that. And you look at Scripture, God has spoke in some pretty radical ways. Numbers chapter 22, God spoke through a donkey to a pagan prophet. Yeah. So that means that God can actually speak through you, too, by the way. All right? Because if he can do that, he can do that. So God spoke in Genesis chapter 41. He spoke to a Pharaoh, all right? A, uh, a, a, not a God-fearing leader, in fact, a, a leader that has worshipped multiple different gods. And God spoke to him through a dream. So God can speak in radical ways. But one thing I know about the heart of God is that God loves to speak to those who are his followers. He loves to speak to those who call him leader and Lord. 
And by the way, did you realize that for you to even call Jesus leader and Lord, for you to have surrendered your life to him, that you followed his voice into that relationship? You followed his voice. In fact, Jesus said this in John chapter 15, verse 16, you didn't choose me, I chose you. You weren't the one calling out to God, 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 hey, come meet me. God, come and join me. No, Jesus was calling out your name. Hey, come follow me. Come surrender your life to me. Come lay down your agenda to me. Come, let me be your leader and let me be your Lord. It was he who chose you. So that means this, every single person that's hearing my voice right now, whether you're in Kearney or you're at one of our other locations, if you've surrendered your life to Jesus, you've made him leader and you've made him Lord, you have already heard his voice. And I get people constantly that go, hey, Jeff, I just never, I don't think I've ever heard God's voice. I go, is Jesus your leader and your Lord? Yes. I go, how did you find him? And they go, oh, I guess you got a good point there. So maybe it's this, maybe it's that you're not recognizing his voice. So how do you recognize it, right? And how do you, how do you lean in so that you can hear more of God's voice? Well, you got to do this. This is the shallow end of the pool again, but you got to take time to listen. If you don't take time to listen, then how are you ever going to hear? God speaks most often to those who are seeking him. Just look at what Proverbs 8, 17 says. It says this about God's heart. I love those who love me. And those who seek me, what? What's the word? Diligently. Come on, say that with me. Say diligently. Diligently. Those who seek me diligently, God has a promise for that. What does he say? They find me. They find me. So it's diligence, guys. That's what God's going after. There's no substitute for diligently taking time to seek God. And when you make an investment into God, guess what you can expect to get back? A return. How many of you guys would love to, to have, like, let's say a million dollars when you retire? Let's just see the hands of people who love to have a million dollars when you retire. This is not a trick question, by the way, all right? This is not me the next time. I'm not going to say this. Hey, you got a million dollars. By the way, give it to kingdom builders. Like, I'm not going to say that to you. I just want to know, how many of you guys would love to have a million dollars when you retire? All right. Okay, good. All right. I think that most of you have your hand up. My hand's up because, guys, I'm just telling you right now, I'd love to use that, right? I'd love to use that in those years to do whatever God's asked me to do for ministry and figure out how to give it away, right? So that when I die, my kids look at me and they're like, what kind of check do I get? And I go, I don't know. I have no idea. I don't know what you're going to get, right? So, but if you want that, here's what you got to do, all right? This is Jeff Baker. I'm not a financial advisor. I'm a pastor. So don't take this advice and apply it to your 401k. But you're going to have to save a little bit of money out of every paycheck. You're going to have to invest it into a place that's going to get you an interest, that's going to compound upon that interest, and it's going to help it grow itself. If you just take a million, if you try to save a little bit of money out of every paycheck, put it in a box, and shove it underneath your bed, you're probably not going to get to a million dollars. And oh, by the way, if you can get to a million dollars just doing that, then you could probably get to two million dollars doing it a lot smarter. So here's the point. If you, if you want to return, you got to invest. And if that's what happens with our money, then that's what happens when it comes to God speaking to you. God's, God's interested. God's searching. God's heart is searching this earth, and he's looking for those who are hungry for him. And he, God, God invests into the hungry. God invests into the seeker. The heart of God is attracted to the hungry. If you've ever had to teach anything, if you ever had to stand in front of a group of people and deliver a message of any context, of any type, 
then you'll know instantly that when you do that enough, you start to recognize who the hungry are. You start to recognize who are the people that are leaning in. You can see it in their body language. You can see it in the way that they engage with their eyes. You can see it in the way that they're with you in a smile or in a laugh, right? And you can also see those who are just kind of like they're, they're there, but they're leaning out. And you can discern that difference. In fact, if you're an educator and you're with students that are, are with you like every single day, or you're like me and you're with the same group of people and changing faces from, you know, over the years of as we've grown and uh, you're with people on a regular basis, you start to learn who the hungry are. And those hungry ones sometimes, man, they're in your mind when you're writing your, your, your message. They're in your mind when you're writing your lesson. You're thinking about the questions they would ask, and you're bringing solutions before they ever ask it because they're the ones that are pulling the best out of you. It's just like preaching to a congregation of people. You can pull the best sermon out of me or the worst sermon out of me. And it has a lot, it has a lot to do with how you respond. So if you're engaged, I'm engaged, right? You see what I'm saying? Like, I don't want to be, I don't want to, like, balance my behavior off of you. It's just a human instinct. It's just what we do to and with one another. And so God's looking. He's looking for the hungry. He's looking for those who are leaning in. Those who are leaning in are going to get more of his voice. But how? Well, you're you're going to hear God's voice in multiple different ways. The first way and the most important way is through God's word. God's word is the number one source for hearing his voice. I mean, when I was a youth pastor, we did this exercise multiple times with teenagers. We would have them just take a few minutes to pray, get their heart in the right place, open up God's word, read a small portion of God's word, and then take a couple of minutes just to ask God a question about his word. A question about his word. And it could be anything. It could be like, hey, look, you know, John 3, 16. For God so loved the world, he sent his one and only son. Right? And it could be you simply saying, God, show me how you've been loving me this last week where I've been missing it. And you just write that down. And normally it's the very first things that are in your heart, and it doesn't take long. Because when you ask God questions about his word, he wants to reply. It's in the nature and the heart of God to you know, want to grow you and build you up. And you're going to hear about that today. That's what God wants to do. But then sometimes that next voice is not God's voice. That voice that says to you, oh, that was just you. You just came up with that thought. Well, that's not God's voice. That's your voice. That's a voice that condemns. That's a voice that deteriorates your confidence. The other voice was a voice that built you up, and it told you about how God's actually been loving you this last week that you haven't been noticing. God's voice tends to be the first voice. The next voice tends to be you. But God uses his word, and I would encourage you, use God's word in that way. But don't forget, God uses sermons, God uses testimonies, God uses worship songs, the worship environment that we're going to be in later. God uses his creation. There's been great moments where God spoke to me on top of a mountain. It takes effort to get up there, right? And if you can't climb a mountain, you come and find me. I'll tell you a couple of mountains in Colorado that you can just drive to the top of, okay? But when you're up there and you're looking at God's creation and maybe you've got a little, you know, you got some worship playing and, uh, you know, from your phone and it's in your ears and you're there. You are overwhelmed with the amount of information that God is just saturating your heart with. But lastly, I just want to tell you that one of the ways God speaks to us is just by the impressions that he puts on our spirit from his spirit. 
The impressions, the impressions of wisdom, the impressions of knowledge, the, the impressions of, you know, a moment that we're in, that we need an answer, a solution from God. And God impresses upon us his word or he impresses upon us his ways. Jesus spoke about it this way in John chapter 16. He said this, that when the spirit of truth comes, remember Jesus said this, okay? When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into how much truth? All truth, right? He will not speak on his own, but he will tell you what he has heard, right? He will tell you about the future. Watch verse 14. He, he, the Holy Spirit, will bring me, Jesus, will bring me glory by telling you whatever he receives from me. Jesus was telling us that the Holy Spirit's job His role on this earth is to be speaking to you. The very heart of God, his entire mission is to be speaking to you. To speaking to you words of encouragement, words of edification, but also words of conviction. Okay, have you ever been convicted of sin? You've been hearing the voice of God. Right, have you ever been encouraged to go pray with somebody? Heard the voice of God. See what I'm saying? Have you ever been reading God's word and went, wow, I've never saw that before. You just heard the voice of God. And what did he say? He said that the Holy Spirit is going to be your guide to all truth. Truth is just simply this. The truth that's found in the word of God. The word of God coming alive as you read it. And, and the Holy Spirit's going, that's truth. Apply that to your life. As you, as you worship and as you walk out this relationship with God and you learn God's ways... His ways, his nature, his character. The Holy Spirit is the one that is your guide. He's the one saturating your heart with that. So what should you and me be doing with the relationship we have with God through his spirit who lives in the believer? We should be leaning into that. We should be praying on a regular basis, even a daily basis. Holy Spirit, speak to me the heart of God today. Holy Spirit, speak to me as I have this meeting today with someone else. Hey, Holy Spirit, speak through me as I teach my kids in the classroom. Or speak through me as I meet and I do this training exercise with people that work for me. Holy Spirit, speak through me as I walk into that bedroom to discipline my child who I left in there for the last 30 minutes while I cooled down. Don't tell, don't tell me I'm the only one that's ever done that. Right? Like, Holy Spirit, like, I need that. Like, I lean in so he can be your guide. Kim and I, we went to Israel a few years ago, and we were on this walking tour, and the guide had a transmitter and a microphone, and we had a little body pack that was a receiver and an earpiece, and if you stayed close to the guide, you picked up what he was saying, and it was super clear, but as you kind of got into these different buildings and things you were going through, if you drifted from him, Okay, then all of a sudden it would start getting crackly and, you know, you'd start getting like, you'd start to lose part of his voice and then all of a sudden, it's quiet. And you're like, holy cow, we're here alone. He's left us, right? And you miss important announcements like, hey, by the way, we're going to be taking a bathroom break. And you don't know that. You're frantically searching for the guide. Or you miss the important announcement like, okay, guys, we're all heading back to the bus. And then everybody's on the bus except for you. I'm not saying that happened to me. I'm just saying it happens, right? And then they're searching for you, and then you're the last one on the bus, and you're that guy. You see what I'm saying? Or you miss important messages like, this is where Jesus was crucified, or this is where Jesus rose again, or this is where Jesus walked on the water. And you only get that once on the tour. Like, you don't want to miss important stuff. So you, you lean in. you got to get close to the guide, and the closer you are to the guide, the more crisp and clear the signal is. So listen to me. In your relationship with God right now, hearing God's voice, it might have a lot of static to it. That might be where you're at spiritually. There's a lot of static going on. 
Let me just tell you this. If there's a lot of static going on in your relationship with God and hearing his voice, this is not a moment to lean away. Okay, because it's going to drift away. This is a moment to lean in. Because the closer you get to this relationship with God through his spirit, the more clearly you're going to hear his voice. So Jesus was telling us that the Holy Spirit is to be our guide, but he was also saying that the Holy Spirit does something profound. He speaks the heart of Jesus to you. Just listen to that. It blows my mind away that the creator of all things, the one who spoke and the universe flung into its place, stars went where they belonged, the sun lit up, right? Life started being birthed onto this planet. Man was created. The very one who spoke life into existence has something in his heart that he wants to say to you personally, not corporately. Personally, he has something he wants to say to you. And it's through the Holy Spirit that he wants to say it. Let me just say this to you. If there's anything Jesus wants to say to you, it's going to be encouraging. It's going to be life-giving. It's going to be hope-filled. Because when the Creator, God, speaks, life happens. And he wants to speak to you. And Jesus is the one who drove that home. In fact, Jesus even said this in John chapter 10. He goes, look, my sheep, they listen to my voice. Are you a follower of Jesus Christ? Then we lean in and we listen to his voice. And he goes on, he goes, I know them, I know them, right? And here's what they do, they follow me. You found yourself on a path, some place where you're like, how in the world did I get here? And you start blaming it on God? It's somewhere along the way, you got disconnected from the guide and you went on your own journey. Because Jesus says, my sheep, they know my voice, I know them, and then they follow me. The only way you can follow Jesus is by hearing his voice, not by hearing my voice. My voice is an addition to what God will use in your life. But the way you're going to stay connected to God is by knowing his voice. And if you don't know his voice, then the whole spiritual journey for you is going to erode and fall apart and be very, very painful and difficult. Lean in. So here's how I would wrap up that whole thought, right? You might want to write these two, th these two things down because they're going to sound odd when you, when you hear them because they felt odd to me when I was praying for you and I felt like the Holy Spirit gave me these two words. I've never said it this way before. But here's, here's the two things that if you want to hear God's voice more and discern his voice more, listen to these two things. Pray to listen and read to understand, read to hear. Pray to listen, read to hear. Right? Here's what we do. We don't pray to listen. We pray to tell God what we want. You want to hear God's voice more? Pray to listen. Meaning, like, ask God questions about his word. Don't just ask God random questions because you may not ever get the answer. Right? You need to ask God questions about his word and you will get the answer. Lean in. Right? L pray to listen and then read to hear. Don't be reading God's word just to consume it just to get to the end, just to go through the reading plan to say, I read the whole Bible in one year. Awesome. You can read the whole Bible every single year and still not hear the voice of God. So we read to hear. We read for that moment where the Holy Spirit goes, that's what I, that's what I wanted to say to you today. That's how I wanted to enlighten your heart today. So that's where we start. The second thing we do is this, though. You got you to be intrigued with God's voice. And then feed the curiosity and the fascination. 
Feed it. How can you do that? Well, look, here's a great study in God's word. When you read through God's word, slow down and stop at the moments where God's speaking to people. Slow down and stop and look at how does God speak to people? What are the ways of God? Right? Try to get yourself just off of the page. Get yourself into the shoes, the sandals of the person that is hearing God's voice. And then that, kind of meditate on that and say, God, show me your ways. Show me how the, they heard you. Right? Because I feel like I'm, going, I'm running so fast, I missed you. Like, how did they slow down enough that they heard you? And then what did they do once they heard you? And so look through Scripture at how God speaks to people Right? And kind of look to apply any of those lessons you might learn. Also, you might want to like, read some books about people that have written about the concept of hearing the voice of God. That would, be, that would be something you can do. Listen to podcasts of people that are trusted spiritual leaders that are t- talking about the topic of hearing the voice of God and apply it to your life. Can I, let me just give you one book. Right? A book I've read in maybe you know, the last number of years that I felt like was a simple book about hearing God's voice, but very practical in the way you can apply it. It's called Whisper. The book's called Whisper, and the author is Mark Batterson. And that would be a great read right now. If you're, if you're kind of wrestling with hearing God's voice, right, I would encourage you to do that. Right? Go download that book, and uh, the, uh, Whisper by Mark Batterson. I think it's going to be really beneficial for you. One last thing that I've personally done in my life that I think you're going to find helpful is this. Go get around people that you trust, that you know, that hear God's voice. And then talk with them. One of the things you should do with a person like that is you should share with them what you think God's sharing with you. And then ask them, is this the way God, God actually talks? Is this the way God actually leads, right? leads people? I've done the same thing in my life, and let me just tell you, it's been refreshing. It's been liberating. It has helped me when I got to a crossroads and I didn't know what to do. Finding people that you know hear God's voice and going to them, it will, it will bring life to you. And remember this, that staying intrigued with God's voice is important because whatever you're intrigued with, you want to learn more about. And whatever you learn more about, then you can discern easier. So intrigue leads to learning, and learning leads to discerning. You want to be able to discern God's voice from your voice? you got to stay hungry. you got to stay intrigued. And through that intrigue, then you're learning more. And through learning more, then you're hearing God's voice, and you're discerning more of what's going on. And as you discern more, then you start to learn some things about God, that God's voice serves his kingdom, right? Your voice tends to serve your kingdom. You're going to learn that, that when God speaks to you, God's always speaking to you about how he can use you to build his kingdom. It's going to stretch you, right? But it's always about how he wants to use you to build his kingdom or through you to do something, right? Or from you to accomplish something, but it's always about his kingdom. When you speak to you, normally it's just about how you can benefit you and how you can make life a little easier for you. So that's one of the things you're going to learn. You're also going to learn that God's voice never contradicts his scripture, that God always stays congruent with what his word says. He's never going to lead you on a path that is taking you away from his word that's already been written, already been established. It's God's word to you. He's not going to contradict that. You're also going to learn that God's voice will always lead you to love him more and to love others more in his name. God will always speak to you about how you can elevate your value of him and elevate your practical application of being a minister for him to show love and value and kindness to others but in this moment of intrigue don't ever disqualify yourself 
We tend to do that more quickly than we ought to. We disqualify ourselves. We got to say, like, oh, I, man, there's too much sin in my life. How can I ever hear God's voice? I'm just not spiritually mature enough. How am I ever going to hear his voice? I'm not special enough. I don't have the right titles. Like, I, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not educated enough to hear God's voice. Or whatever it is that you might, you might say to yourself. Don't disqualify yourself. That is your voice and the enemy's voice. And that's what he's always going to do. And he's never going to stop doing that. You've already been qualified because you were created by the creator. And the creator wants you to hear his voice. Lastly, though, you want to hear God's voice and discern it better in your life? Practice following God's voice. you got to like, put it into action. I remember when I was working on my pilot's license, and um, you know, I finally got it. And it's, it's been a blast. I, I love it. But you got to do the written test. I, I, I passed the written test. Come on. That's a big, that's a big deal, guys. That's a lot of questions, right? And the heat's on. Um, and then I, I passed the oral test. Like That was one of the easier ones. Because I knew my strategy, right? You're going to ask me hard questions, so here's what I'm going to do. You ask me one question, I'm going to take 30 minutes to answer it. Because you only have so much time. I know that, you know that. So let's just get this thing over with. And let's get out on that airplane and let's start flying. And then I pass the flying part and I'm standing there. And the FAA, you know, guy who gives you the license, he shakes my hand and he says, Congratulations, Jeff. You just earned the right to practice flying. I was like, what? I just earned the right to practice flying. What are you talking about? That's what I've been doing this whole time, practicing flying so I can get this license so I can be a professional pilot. And now you're telling me all I got was a license to practice flying? I want my money back. <laughs> but that's the attitude. It's the same attitude when you got your driver's license. Right? Now, granted, don't nudge anybody next to you. Some of you are way better you know, drivers of a car when you got your license than you are now. Um, but it should have been this, that you got your license, now we're practicing it, we're becoming more proficient with it. You know the same thing is going to happen with your relationship with God? That when you gave your life to Jesus Christ was just a part of the process of practicing the presence of God. And our whole life, our whole life, like my whole flying career is going to be about the art of practicing flying. Your whole spiritual journey is going to be about the art of practicing the presence of God and practicing hearing God's voice. And can I say this to you? I don't get every landing right, and you're not going to get every voice from God right. But I've walked away from every landing. <laughs> and you're going to walk away from every moment that isn't just right. Even the Apostle Paul didn't hear God's voice right every single time. The Apostle Paul, take a look at this scripture in Acts chapter 16. The Apostle Paul's wrestling with his voice versus God's voice. And it says that Paul and Silas, they traveled through the area of Pergia and Galatia because, watch this, because the Holy Spirit had prevented them from preaching the word in the province of Asia. So basically it's this. Paul and Silas are like, we know what God wants us to do. It's go to Asia. And they start going on the journey and the Holy Spirit's like, that's not what I told you. So you don't get to go there. Now you're going to go to Pergia, go through Pergia and Galatia. That's where your ministry is going to be. And as they start doing that, right, then all of a sudden, where are we at now? We get to verse 7. Then coming to the borders of Mycenae, they headed north for the province of Bithynia. But again, the Spirit of Jesus did not allow them to go there. So this being practical, again, hey, Paul and Silas, these big spiritual leaders, Paul, who writes most of the New Testament, says, I know what God wants. Let's go north to Bithynia. We're going to plant churches. We're going to preach. We're going to heal people in Jesus' name. It's going to be awesome. And the Holy Spirit's like, that's not what I told you. 
So what happens? Well, out of his obedience to God, out of his humility before God, and out of his heart, watch this, this is who you and me need to be, out of his heart just to simply build God's kingdom, not his, he instead went through Mycenae to the seaport of Troas. And then that very night, he had a dream that changed all of his ministry. But it was through just simple obedience to God, taking steps, going, God, I just want to be a part of building your kingdom. And I'm not going to get it right every time. And every landing is not going to be beautiful. Sometimes we're going to bounce it, right? right? And some people are never going to fly with you again. It's okay. You're not going to get it right every time, right? But we're practicing the presence of God. That's what we're doing with a humble heart that has stays focused on, God, I just want to build your kingdom. So what does Paul do? He stays humble. And he doesn't get super spiritual about hearing God's voice. You want to ruin the whole experience about hearing God's voice? Go super spiritual with it. Get spooky with it. Get weird with God's voice. You'll ruin it for you. You'll ruin it for others. Right? So God doesn't need you to be spooky for him. He doesn't need you to be super spiritual for him. He just needs you to be humble and have a heart to build his kingdom. God wants to speak to you more about you than he ever wants to speak through you for someone else. And we've got to be hungry to hear God's voice for us. And remember this, you're a human. You're not going to get it right every time. Meaning this, you're like a child who's given a coloring book in colors for the very first time. Other than that child's mother, that very first drawing looks nothing like a masterpiece. But later on, they all of a sudden start to learn what that line's all about. And then they start purposely trying to color in that line, but they don't get that right either. And then all of a sudden, it goes from like one color to massive colors to then purposeful colors to all of a sudden, now dad looks at it and goes, holy cow, we've got an artist on our hands. And mom says, I've been trying to tell you that. We're going to be rich. When you hear God's voice, you're not always going to color inside the lines. That's not what happens naturally. Over time, we start figuring it out. But we got to practice the presence of God. So guys, stay active in your listening. Stay intrigued with God's voice. Lean in, feed that curiosity. And then practice. Step out a little bit. God, I feel like maybe you want me to go pray for that person, so go do it. God, I feel like you want me to give more generous than I have been. Okay, then do it. God, I feel like you just want me to kind of like, you know, get away for a day and just spend it with you. Okay, then go do it. God, I don't know what it is about it, but I just feel like you really just want me to like read, read a little bit more of your word today. Okay, then do it. Because God's got something in it for you. You've got to lean in. You've got to practice. Sometimes you're going to get it right and sometimes you're not. Sometimes you're going to walk up to the person at Walmart and go, i got no idea you know, what's going on with your life, but there's just something that I just can't get away from. God just wants me to tell you that you're special. And they're going to walk away and go, man, you're weird. <laughs> and other times they're going to go with tears coming to their eyes. Thank you. Like I needed to hear that today. You got to practice, practice the voice of God. Are you ready to do that? Why don't you stand with me? In today's, today's moment, we're going to be leaning into worship. And I just want you to take these next few moments just to, just to listen for God. I know the worship's going to be turned up to the normal volumes that we typically have it. And that's on purpose for us. 
It, you don't, it, doesn't, it, it doesn't matter how loud that is. I mean, God, God's not, he's not confined by a sound system. He speaks to the heart. God wants to say something to you today. He wants to lean in and he wants to whisper into your heart today. I want you to walk away knowing what God said to you, not just what Jeff Baker said. So let me pray for you. Father, as we go into this moment of worship, would you do something profound? Through the power of your spirit, would you guide your church to all truth? Through the power of your spirit, Lord, would, would you just let them hear the voice of their creator for their life? Not this corporate message that went out to our entire church and online and it's there forever. But God, would, would you allow them just to like, just hear your voice for their life? It's a word that brings encouragement and hope. And man, we need that right now. Would you allow them to hear the words that stir life inside of them that come from you, Jesus? Or would you feed intrigue today? As people are hungry for more of you, would you feed that? And Lord, would you take us on a journey of just practicing your presence? We're like little kids coloring outside the line right now. Thank you for your grace for that. Would you help us just to hone in that discernment of knowing your voice over our voice? Lord, we pray this in Jesus' powerful name. And everybody said, amen. Amen.